The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, good morning. It is 11.05 and time for the Pinpoint Health Show with uh, with Dr. Lou reaching out to one 855 Dr. Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca. And a reminder, of course, that the social media juggernaut that is the Pinpoint Health Show is uh, increasing in uh, in coolness by the uh, by the day, brother. you got some great stuff up on your Instagram and Facebook as well, advising people constantly to check back as much as they can and follow and uh, and learn. we got a guest today, right? We do, yeah. We have a very special guest, Dr. Adam Kassam, who is a physician and also a public health expert. Um, and so we really wanted to take this opportunity today. Um, we've had, you know, our public health experts um, in the city, in the province, and across um, uh, the country have done a great job of informing us of things. Um, Dr. Kassam has agreed to uh, come on the show today and even take calls. So I think the big thing here is we're encouraging people, give us a call, call in, ask your questions. We have this resource right now, and we thank him very much. Um, Dr. Kassam, are you there? Hi, Lou. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. Yourself? Not too bad. Why don't you, um, let, let's get the conversation started. Why don't you tell sure. um, the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a physiatrist, which, uh, as you are well aware, uh, is a specialist a physician who focuses on musculoskeletal and neuro rehab. And so what I mean by that is we take care of patients who've had a stroke or a spinal cord injury or a brain injury, amputations, so significant injuries that have created a significant amount of impairment in our patients. And our job is to help with the medical rehabilitation that occurs thereafter, so trying to improve uh, patients' functional quality of life. And so it's a very challenging but, all, but often a very rewarding job that I have, and uh, I'm fortunate enough to be able to do that. Uh, did we? Did no, no, we we're still No, we're still there. We're all here. It's all good. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, it there you go. Out on my end for some reason, all this uh, technical difficulties. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. So, Dr. Kassam, just uh, continuing there. Uh, what about with the public health? Because you have a master's in public health. Is that right? Yeah, so I have a master's in public health from Columbia University. I spent uh, 10 years in the United States doing uh, my postgraduate, uh, well, post-secondary degrees in medicine and in my undergrad as well. But I'm originally born and raised here in Toronto and um, have been working, uh, you know, throughout this uh, this pandemic with hospitals. Um, and so this is, uh, you know, an interesting time to to be to be in practice, and I have to say, Lou, if you if you'll allow me, I'd, I'd like to shout out all of the uh, frontline health workers, doctors on the front lines, nurses, emergency services. Uh, you know, these are people who are putting life and limb uh, ahead of uh, of themselves, and 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 their their personal sacrifice has been an inspiration to me, and I, and I, and I'm sure many of your listeners across the province. So I just wanted to thank them for their uh, their their dutiful service during this very very challenging time. Yeah, 100%. And I and I echo that. In fact, at Pinpoint Health, we have a number of our um, practitioners, whether they're physicians or physiotherapists or other um, healthcare professionals that are actually on the hospitals um, um, that are, are working on the front line, like you said, and, and they are putting their life um, on the line here, really doing uh, 
the best that they can. And, you know, more so, and, and when I've spe- spoken to these people, again, reiterating the, the other people, the emergency care services like paramedics, fire that have to present to people's homes, um, even everyone else at the grocery store. So this is, uh, it, it's unbelievable what the, the human spirit has done here in terms of, uh, of everybody coming together and doing their part. And then I guess to some extent, even the people that are staying home, right, they're doing their part by staying home and, and, and sort of taking um, the load off in terms of uh, where we're at. What, uh, what's your take on where we're at with uh, COVID-19 um, from a public health perspective? Yeah, Lou, you know, look, I think that we're still in early innings of this ballgame, right? We might be on the top of the second, top of the third. And the reason I say that is because we're, at least in Canada, very much at the early phase of this. Mm -hmm. Um, In many respects, until we have a vaccine, which we know from our um, sort of scientific expertise and the scientists are telling us that this is going to take at least 12 to 18 months from discovery to uh, demonstrating safety and efficacy in a population and then ultimately the design and then the deployment of a vaccine, that is going to be an extended period of time. And so until then, as you were alluding to, it's going to be, the onus is going to be on each and every one of us in the public to make sure that we continue these distancing measures. And so far, uh, from global health experts around the world, this has shown to be the most effective strategy for dealing with COVID-19 right now, right? We don't have uh, great therapeutics, so we don't have great medications that work against this virus yet. We don't have a vaccine, of course. And so until that time comes, we're going to be in this mitigation phase. And that's going to last an indefinite amount of time. And it's going to require each of us to do our part by maintaining those dis- distancing uh, strategies that we're, we're all trying to do our, as best as we can. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a really important point that you bring up, because I, I think for the average person, um, there may be this idea that um, this is, you know, a week away from being done or two weeks or a month. And, and I don't think that it's, it's abundantly clear, maybe, that this is something that we are sort of in the beginning stages of and, and, uh, and that we've got a lot to go. But let's, uh, we're going to go to commercial break. And then when we come back, uh, let's encourage everybody to call in and, and ask your questions with Dr. Kassem here today. This would be the best time for you to call. I know you got questions about this whole pandemic. Everyone's scratching their heads big time. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show. Just getting warmed up here. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11.15. Yeah, you want to call in. you still got tons of time here. In fact, we're just getting rolling here with Dr. Adam Kassim. If you want to ask about this COVID virus, uh, yeah, man, bring it on because everybody's still, there's so much confusion about there about how to keep a safe distance and what you should be wearing, what you should not be wearing. By the way, a brand new podcast Dr. Lou's got going on called The Lou Down, L-O-U, The Lou Down. I love the, I love the name of it. And so far, every one of the podcast brother has been about uh, COVID-19. Go figure. I mean, it's very topical. Where can we, uh, where can we find it? Yeah, so it's on YouTube. Uh, Dr. Kassim, who's here today with us, is also one of our guests on that. So really the whole point behind this podcast um, was to be a spinoff of the show um, for all things COVID right now. So um, Mm -hmm. you can go to YouTube, type in the Lou Down uh, podcast or Dr. Lou Nally um, and watch these incredible episodes with all these incredible guests that have 
so much more knowledge than I, 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 you know, one of my strengths is knowing my weaknesses, and that's why I rely on experts like Dr. Kasim, uh, who's here with us today, who uh, is a public health expert sharing his knowledge about these things with COVID, and I see we've got calls starting to come in. Um, yep. But before we're ready for those calls, because I don't think they're quite ready yet, um, Dr. Kasim, before we uh, went to break, we were quickly talking about um, how early we are in this and, and, the, and how much we have to still do. Um, where are we at with therapeutics? Before we get into prevention like vaccinations, can you give us, before these calls are ready, can you give us a little uh, snippet of where we might be with some therapeutics? Yeah, so that's a good question, Lou, and I think that we're, as a global medical community, undergoing many, many clinical trials at this point in time. And I know that, of course, the, one of the sort of more popularized uh, medications of late, given sort of the rhetoric in the United States, has been hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. And right now, there really isn't any good evidence to suggest that, um, that hydroxychloroquine is, would work uh, in any meaningful way for COVID. So right. I think that that is something that's important to recognize, because even in Ontario, there has been uh, an uptick in the requests for hydroxychloroquine by patients of physicians. And, and that's based purely, my understanding is, is based purely on this uh, ongoing hypothesis about, about hydroxychloroquine. So, you know, for your right. listeners, what's important to very, very clearly understand is that hydroxychloroquine right now has no evidence uh, for treatment of COVID-19. And so we should yeah. be looking at that as, as a therapeutic. There yeah. are other, um, you know, anti sort of infl anti sort of autoimmune modulator medications that are, again, are currently being studied. But right now we are still kind of at, um, at the tip of the spear here, and we don't really have very, very good evidence for anything right yeah. now, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, and, and I think it's important, like we've heard the example of, um, of the, I think it was in, in Arizona where someone actually took a fishbowl cleaner, which has some type of derivative that's related to uh, chloroquine. And like those, don't do those things. Like that is, it's crazy that, that we even have to tell people not to do this stuff. I had, um, last week we had Dr. Uh, Leapert on the show, who's a frontline physician, um, uh, an intensivist in, in Calgary. And he, and he has been on the podcast as well. And we were talking about where um, he's also seen things like people saying, drink bleach, like, Oh. Do not do that stuff. Like I, I, I can't, I cannot make it clear enough, and I can't even believe that we have to talk about this stuff. Um, but thank you for that clarification on where we are with the therapeutics, John. Maybe let's go to some of these calls. You bet. We'll uh, go here four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. We'll take one before we uh, take a quick break here. Chris, uh, good morning. How are you? Hey, John. How are you? Good, Pally. What's uh, what's on your mind? I just wanted to say first of all, thank you to yourself and to the doctors. Um, I live in a really Ontario. I deal with a lot of senior citizens, mm -hmm. and their anxieties are quite high. They've actually, you know, they've relocated from Toronto years ago and come up here. And um, so, what I've been telling them to do is on the weekends, you know, throw your radio show on, right? Yeah. And I was actually just sitting down by the park this morning having a cup of coffee, and there was one of the seniors, and we had our vehicles parked across from one another talking, and that's what he said. He had the show on, and I had the show on. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, I just want to say, you know, the aspect of keep up, uh, you know, the work that you guys are doing, uh, both. You know, the uh, radio station, yourself, and all the people behind the scenes, as well as the doctors. And as the uh, individual just said earlier, do not drink bleach. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, Chris. The, I worked up in mental health and addictions up in the Northwest Territories and for a number of years. And, uh, 
you know, the stuff that goes on up there. So hopefully, you know, stuff like this, these radio shows can get the people up, you know, in remote communities and stuff like yeah. that, you know, so Thank they'll be able to hear all this stuff. So anyways, guys, have a great day. Be safe. And thanks again. Eh? Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you, too. Uh, Glenn, we'll get to you. Jerome, I see you standing there. Questions for Dr. Adam Kassam. Uh, bring them on, or Dr. Lou, for that matter. Physical stuff, COVID stuff, we'll tackle it all with the remaining time here on the Pinpoint Health Show. Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It is 11:23. Pinpoint Health Show. Reach out info at pinpointhealth.ca and one eight five 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 Doctor Lou as well. And don't miss the Lou Down, the new podcast series. Yeah, and uh, John, before we go to these next calls with uh, the yep. previous caller, Chris, who called from up in Aurelia, number one. Thank you. It's a great compliment um, that he finds benefit in the show. And I was going to say there's more benefit in, in not more than the show, but keep carrying that benefit on by going to YouTube, checking out the Lou Down podcast. Um, and the other thing where he spoke about mental health, tremendously important. Um, and in fact, next week, just for the listeners, we're actually going to have Minister Michael Tabulo uh, on the show, who is the, the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, to, to really talk about the importance of mental health um, during this pandemic. So th- that's another important thing. And we'll be going through a whole bunch of different tips, resources, things that are available for people mm-hmm. who are struggling with those things during this time. But let's get to some of these calls, John. You bet, uh, Glenn. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you guys doing today? Good. good. What's on your mind, brother? Um, for years, a few years now, about four, I've had uh, degenerative disc problems in my neck, and I've had sciatica in my lower back. I was just wondering, a lot of people have been telling me to try the CBD oil. It seems like nothing else works for me, so I just wanted to know about that a little bit. Okay. I mean, we're sort of focusing on COVID, but having said that, we do have um, Dr. Kasim, who's a physiatrist, and like he said, sort of uh, physical medicine and rehabilitation is his specialty. It's something that I do as well. But uh, Dr. Kasim, if you want to provide any insight on that, I mean, it's a a loaded question because in terms of we need to know uh, things, but in general, maybe if you want to give us just uh, what the research suggests with, uh, you know, chronic neck and and low back pain and, and, and CBD oils. Yeah, so that's a good question, and of course, it is highly dependent on the individual. And, and I would, uh, you know, uh, recommend that you 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 be assessed by your family physician or or be referred to a to a specialist. But generally speaking, when we think about degenerative disc disease, as you're describing, and perhaps some radicular pain down your leg from the sciatica that you uh, you have as well, which I'm sorry that you're dealing with, which you know can yeah, be in many cases some days very, very, it's uh, very painful. Very you know, and, and, and we see a lot of patients like this, and so I'm sorry that you're uh, you're having to deal with this. And a lot of those degenerative diseases, which, you know, are kind of wear and tear and uh, related to osteoarthritis and, and kind of mechanical lower back pain or, in your case, neck pain, um, you know, we don't have great evidence for CBD yet, although it is showing some promise. So it, that's okay. a bit of a guarded question. One of the uh, – or, or – sort of a recommendation what i would say is what's been shown to be very very useful um, as far as guidelines are concerned for osteoarthritic pain whether it's knee hip back pain 
uh, Tylenol and Advil are very good, um, but also making sure that we are doing things like core stabilization, making sure that we are hopefully trying to lose as much weight as possible so that we're okay. taking off that pressure from our joints. And, you know, there is some um, some relief, and it might be temporary, but for things like massage and muscle release therapies. And so what I would say for, for the most part is focusing on all of the uh, conservative management and then from a from a medication perspective that's something you want to talk about with your doctor and CBD is certainly on the list but it's probably not on the top of that list okay all right thanks for the info no thanks Glenn uh, appreciate uh, appreciate you reaching out moving on to uh, Marcel hello Marcel good morning hey how you guys doing there thank you good. for uh, giving us all this information but no I problem. got a question sure uh, like we're sitting at home, we need something to drink. We're drinking lots of uh, lots of alcohol. I know that, but uh, <laughs> can, probably is there, not a great idea. Is there like a little potion we can make to help this COVID? Like I heard, making a pot of water with lemon. Lemon? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, no, number one, like in terms of alcohol, is not going to help with COVID. I think what I'd like to spin out of your question is the idea, are there home remedies that potentially work? And, and I think that's an important thing to dispel as well, because um, Dr. Kassim, I'm, again, because you're our guest today, I really want to turn it to you. Um, what sort of, again, the guidance on home remedies for this type of stuff? Yeah, so there really isn't any home remedy. And one of the things that we should be very mindful of is there were reports out of Iran, actually, after um, COVID, I guess, broke out there. I think there were almost 40 or 50 people that uh, that died because of alcohol poisoning for this very issue. They 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 were told or somehow understood mis mis like misunderstood that alcohol was a treatment for COVID and people died. And so yeah. alcohol is absolutely not a, a treatment or an effective treatment for for any viral disease. To be very honest, um, and so uh, I would I would exercise extreme caution. I will agree that you're when probably when the LCBO shares its. Uh, shares its revenues, I'm sure it's going to see a significant rise in, in the amount of, um, uh, sort of product that they're moving through the LCBO doors. Um, and that kind of reflects our general uh, kind of stay-at-home, uh, you know, guidelines. And so I think that what we should try and do from a public health as well as just a personal health perspective is to make sure that we're still adhering to, there are, you know, there are guidelines for the amount of alcohol anyone should drink sort of over the week. And just to be clear for your viewers, or for your listeners, it's that no more than 14 alcoholic beverages per week for men and no more than 10 for women per week and yeah. uh, for, and it's not it's no more than three in a sitting for per sitting if for, for guys and, and, and no more than two uh, at a time for for women so you know those guidelines are, are from public health canada from these other guidelines so we just should make sure that we're we're, we're adhering to those as best as we can absolutely and and i think i'd even i'd even go one step further because i'm a little maybe more harsh than you are um and then you're very nice um the reality is here when we look at the risk of serious illness with COVID-19, we know that a lot of comorbidities, which we've heard that term a lot, um, really contributes to this. And a lot of these are lifestyle things like hypertension, diabetes. Um, so don't do stuff to, to negatively affect your health right now is, I guess, the message. Let's take a, 
a quick break, John. You bet. We'll do that. Jamie, hang on. We'll get to uh, to your call and uh, yours as well, 416-870-6400. Dr. Adam Kassim is here for the remainder of the show. Bring him on. We'd love to talk to you right here. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Questions for the remainder, 416-870-6400. After that, you want to reach out to uh, to Dr. Lou, simple info at pinpointhealth.ca and uh, 1-855-DR-LOU, that's D-R-L-O-U. And the Lou Down on YouTube, now a new podcast series uh, as of late because it just got uh, got revved up here. It's been dealing uh, and focusing on COVID-19. And you have phone calls in that regard. They will have priority, but uh, bring them all on if you have physical ailments. Uh, Dr. Adam Kassim is here to uh, to address those as well. Jamie, thank you for hanging on. Good afternoon, or at least good morning so far. How are you? Yeah, not so good. Good morning. Thank okay. you for taking my call. Um, now, back in February, I was diagnosed with chronic pain syndrome, and I've had a lot of it in my both of my legs, and... Now, the doctor gave me a medication you guys should be aware of or familiar with. It's called gabapentin. Mm -hmm. And the medicine um, really seems to work. But then, you know, really, if I don't take my dosage, um, I find that the pain um, comes back. And now chronic pain syndrome, it's been really been taking over my life and I really don't want to go on pain medication forever. What other alternatives can you do for chronic pain syndrome? So David, um, thanks for calling in. Um, Harry. Yeah. um, So this is something that we deal outside of COVID-19. This is what the Pinpoint Health Show is designed for. It's mainly around pain management and injury management. So it's a great question. Um, If you've listened to the show before, you know that the answer is very, very complicated. It's not one simple thing that can be done. And as Dr. Kassam alluded with our previous callers, the best thing always is to be assessed properly by a healthcare professional to get this investigated. We're not going to be able to give any um, type of specific advice on other things that you could try over the radio, obviously. Again, sort of taking what I, extracting what I think is important from the call and turning it to Dr. Kassam um, is the idea of gabapentin and sort of, um, Dr. Kassam, if you just want to take us through uh, quickly gabapentin, because we've got a lot of calls coming in for the COVID stuff, which I think is is important, but let's give David some advice, just sort of, or not really advice, but just sort of a general uh, overview of what gabapentin is. Sure. So, um, sorry that you're dealing with uh, everything that's happening in your life, and, and you know, uh, dealing with chronic pain is, is such a challenge, and, and it's uh, uh, it, it can be very debilitating. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm empathetic of um, of what you're going through. Uh, you know, for for chronic pain, and it really depends on the type of pain we're talking about. Um, but generally speaking, for chronic pain, um, gabapentin tends to be one of the first line medications that are that's often used. And again, depending on the type of pain, if it's neuropathic or if it's more you know mechanical, etc., uh, soft tissue, myofascial, what have you. But generally speaking, gabapentin is a fairly well regarded, well tolerated medication. Part of the reason why that's the case is that you can 
escalate the dose, um, you know, periodically, but also there's a lot of room to do that. It's typically dosed three times a day. And so generally speaking, it's, it's, it's well tolerated. It's, it's been around for a while and uh, there's a lot of room for movement there. Uh, there's also a cousin of, of, of gabapentin called Lyrica that is often also used. Um, but, uh, you know, what I would say is if it is helping right now and if it's being monitored by your doctor and if, you, if you're finding some relief from it and getting some more functional quality of life, I think it might be a reasonable thing to con- continue trying to, to assess with your doctor. Okay, great. Appreciate the call. Yep, sorry. Appreciate the call. Uh, Jamie, going to move on here to uh, to Rob. Hey, Rob, good morning. Hey, how are you? I just wanted to uh, get your opinion on, uh, we all know that Trump is starting to open up some of the states. Uh, when when do you think that Doug Ford, I know it's a loaded question, when do you think that this will, uh, that the cases will hit a peak and that we can start opening up uh, Ontario? Yeah. So, I mean, that again, that's a loaded question. I think I'm, I, in a second, I'm going to turn it over to Dr. Kassim about the peak because that's sort of his expertise with public health and he can sort of maybe speak about that. In terms of when things will reopen, that's obviously very, very hard to say. Um, you know, uh, one thing that I would encourage is with the Lou Down uh, podcast is actually on, uh, on Monday, we're going to have Michael Ford, who's a counselor in Toronto, um, speaking about some of these things. So we're going to try to tackle all these types of issues. So give a listen there that there might be some indications there. But Dr. Kass, uh, I think, again, sort of extracting where your expertise is out of the questions, um, the peak of, of where we're at. And, and that's going to vary, obviously, depending region to region, because not everybody started at the same time. But I guess with us being in Toronto, um, what's your take on that? Yeah, so this is a good question, and it's highly variable based, as you said, on your um, your geography, where you know your, where you where you reside, and where sort of the virus is hitting uh, the communities at different times. I would say in Toronto right now, if we if we listen to Dr. Eileen Davila and and other public health experts, uh, the anticipation of a peak is probably now uh, and over the course of the next five to seven days, right? Uh, and so I think that um, that is our window to really be mindful. But we should also understand, as you rightfully said, that the peak can move, right? This is a moving mm-hmm. target based on what measures are in place and how, um, how much that is, how much the virus is reacting to these distancing measures. And what I'll say yeah. is that, you know, if you look at other jurisdictions around the world, and China is a good example, and, and, and I agree that some of their data uh, is, is, is uh, subject to, I think, further scrutiny. But when they decide, they decided to start opening up areas of the economy and, and, and other jurisdictions when they had uh, single-digit um, deaths uh, for at least two weeks. And yeah. so that's kind of the metric. So if you have two weeks of sustained single-digit deaths that are hopefully in decline, that's then a measure or at least a metric that they have used in order to determine when they're going to be reopening. Uh, we're not at that point yet, and which is why yeah. all, all of our public health experts are saying, you know, weeks, if not months, uh, of, of distancing measures will be continuing uh, to uh, to be in place in order to help with this mitigation effort. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a great point. Um, I mean, I think one thing that people think is they've heard this peak idea, it's almost a false sense of security that the belief that you get to the peak means that you're through it. It's just a milestone, right? This is all about different phases, and, and the peak is the next phase of this where we could say, okay, we're, we're starting to hit where the peak is, then we're going to come around the corner. But the time that it took us to get there is likely the time it'll take us to get down 
Um, so that sort of can give some indications. The other thing that I'll, I'll say to, to the listeners is, you know, this we're learning, right? So it's all about, and, and China, uh, from the perspective of it being an example, is a good example. I agree that there's a lot of scrutiny, a lot of things that have happened that um, I have some political beliefs about that, um, mm-hmm. that things have been done wrong, and, and we're not going to get into that. But we can definitely look at their model in terms of how long they were closed down for, when they start to um, open back up, and sort of start to extrapolate that data um, and see where where we might be. So I hope that gives you a little bit of indication there, um, uh, Rob, on when it might uh, open back up. But, you know, listen to the Lou Down podcast when we have the, the politicians on there to get more on that. David, we'll get to your call as well. We still have time for yours. It is uh, 416-870-6400. Uh, Dr. Adam Kasim will remain here for the entirety of the show. Bring it on. You want to talk about COVID-19. You have concerns about that. That's what we're talking about as well. It is the Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 11.43 on Saturday morning, Pinpoint Health Show, 416-870-6400 to call through. Ask Dr. Lou, Dr. Kasim a question, especially if it's COVID-19 related because there's a lot of confusion out there. You'll want to tune in as well to the Lou Down, the uh, new podcast with Dr. Lou. You can uh, search that out on uh, on YouTube. And to reach out when the show's not on, one 855 doctor Lou and info at pinpointhealth.ca. Going to move right on, fellas, to uh, David. David, thanks for hanging on through the break. Good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Good, pal. What's on your mind? So I'm a public health inspector. Uh, they got me giving test results, negative results to people, and positive results to people. Um, I'm just wondering why a mass testing hasn't been done, like, national-wide. Like, if, like my friends are asking me, like, how, how can they get tested? And some of the screening processes, like, won't allow them to get tested if they have symptoms and they traveled. I'm just wondering why why it's so stringent on testing. Um, Dr. Kasim, I'm going to turn it right to you, and then I, maybe I'll add some stuff at the end. Sure. So uh, this is a really good question. It is a source of frustration within um, even the screening medical community. I think that the simple answer is that we have shortages of a number of uh, different choke points for testing, so testing kits, swabs, reagents, uh, the capacity in our labs. We have shortages of all of these things. And, you know, it's, it's one thing for a, officials to say that, you know, we have targets of 3,000 tests a day or 19,000 tests a day or whatever it is. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that, th- that that shortage of the supply of these essential, uh, you know, products um, limits our ability to do that. And that is a question that's going to have to be answered uh, to our public health officials and our governments um, as we move move on in this. Because at the end of the day, as you're right, um, as you're rightfully describing, we need to have widespread testing in, in, or- in order to really figure out where we're at with this virus, what the real numbers are, what kind of community spread do we see. And this is this will have implications on how we deal with the second or third waves before the vaccine comes down the line. So I completely agree with you. I think that it's a source of frustration and we need to have uh, better answers and better results. I, yeah, and I, go ahead. Um, thank you. Uh, another part to my question is, since we know the testing results of the positives, why can't we have more stringent 
enforcement done on them, like on the positive cases, so they make sure, so we make sure that they stay home and safe isolate themselves. Like ankle bracelets could be uh, implemented, so we know that they're always staying home uh, is a possible idea. So yeah, so yeah, and that's, I, good, that's another good question. I think that uh, that's something that you have to pose to legislators, to your elected officials, because that is. Uh, something that, uh, you know, um, is dependent on how we uh, not only, uh, I guess, respect people's freedoms in this country, but also how do we make sure that uh, we are protecting the public uh, public health of individuals uh, across our country. So I think that that's a very challenging question. And there are other jurisdictions around the world. I think the UK is one of them that's using GPS as a way to monitor uh, sort of contact tracing as well as uh, is positive cases. And so there is, I think, ongoing debate at a legislative level, at a political level, which is where this decision would be made about the kinds of restrictions that should be imposed on positive cases. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'd like to add something to, to, to that as well. I think the important thing to consider is the, I think 99.9% of people that do test positive would do the right thing. They, they, they wouldn't need to be enforced to stay home and do things. Again, I think, I think there's this false sense of security that, that things that are law sort of provide a benefit. And, and the example that I gave um, a few weeks ago was related to sort of gun control, right? And, and this is not a conversation around gun control or whether I agree or disagree or anything like that. It's just the example that oftentimes rules are made for that 0.01% of the population that likely won't listen to them anyways. And so that's, I think, another thing that legislatively uh, needs to be considered when they're doing these things. These people that would otherwise disobey these orders likely have something in them that will probably make them disobey it, whether it's law or not law. And so I think that's an important thing um, to consider. And I mean, I think that's a hot topic. I'm, I, I don't necessarily, again, I'm not trying to say that I, I'm, I don't think that it should be uh, a rule. I, I do think there is a benefit to having some rule where, where we can trace those things. But I think, the, I guess the point that I'm trying to get across is really, you know, that individuals need to take that sense of responsibility too. Like if you have tested positive, you've been told that you're positive, or they've told you to self-isolate because even if you haven't been tested, there's enough symptoms to suggest that maybe um, there is, do the right thing. You, you know, take that responsibility on to yourself to do the right thing for you and for everybody else. And, and, and that's sort of the point that I want to make there um, with that. And again, whether people disagree or agree with that is just sort of my two cents on it. I agree with that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Kassel. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I think that was a very good question. I think even um, the first part of the question with um, um, the limited amount of testing. I mean, when we look at, um, I, I saw an interesting article about countries around the world that have done the best job with this. And Taiwan is really a place where they've done a great job. Early on, they stopped travel from, from the mainland China. Um, so they were able to limit that way. They did a lot of testing and a lot of contact tracing. And I think contact tracing is another thing really that, that sort of needs to be implemented. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this is part of the mitigation effort, right? So it's one thing to isolate uh, when you know you have, uh, when you've tested positive or have symptoms that are consistent with COVID. It's another thing entirely if you were pre, you know, pre-symptomatic and were, you know, shedding the virus and so therefore uh, uh, contagious at that time. It's important to know who else you were in contact with because yeah. this is the basis of exponential growth. 
And so not only is it broad testing, but also contact tracing to make sure that everyone that had been coming into contact with a, a potentially positive case is also either tested, screened, and potentially isolated in their own right. So that's an extremely important back-end um, effort that public health agencies have to do uh, in order to, to help mitigate the spread of this disease. Fellas, let's take a uh, let's take a one more short break here. In the meantime, uh, some time to line up some calls. You have questions for either uh, Dr. Kassim or Dr. Lou. That's why they're here. Bring them on, 416-870-6400, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And a few minutes left to go. You want to ask some uh, some questions for Dr. Lou or Dr. Kasim? You could do so in the meantime, reaching out one eight five five. Dr. Lou, info at pinpointhealth.ca, and the Lou Down, the new uh, podcast with Dr. Lou is online at uh, on YouTube. So check that out as well, guys. Um, thank you, John. Dr. Kasson, before we went to break, we were talking about the contact tracing, um, and you, you very um, well um, mentioned how important it is. Where are we at with that in um, you know, Toronto, Ontario, and maybe Canada uh, on a broader context? So I, I don't necessarily have a good answer for you there because I'm not involved um, sort of at the public health agencies who are actually doing this. What I can tell you is that it's probably a very it's a, it's a it's a huge undertaking, right? So you can imagine, right. let's say you had someone who was COVID positive who um, who found out, let's say, two days ago, and now the public health agency needs to figure out, okay, you know, over the course of the past X number of days, where exactly did this person go? Um, who would yeah. have been potentially in contact with this individual? And it's also an imperfect science, right? Because it, it is reliant on that individual uh, remembering where they were, but it then also requires them to uh, be mindful of who else was around potentially, right? And so sometimes you can do that with if they've made a transaction with the grocery store. And so you could then go back into those records and see who else was in the store at the same time and who else bought things uh, in and around that time. And so you would have to then talk to those individuals. But what I can tell you is that it is a massive undertaking. So it's not only screening of people who potentially have the disease, but again, everyone else who they may have come in contact with, which I think speaks to the fact that this is such an infrastructure that probably has been underfunded for such a long time that it is probably always playing a little bit of catch up right now. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I, and I think you're right about there with human reporting and trying to uh, figure out, you know, it's, it is an imperfect science. And I think that's an important thing. I do uh, think it is important though. So hopefully we get there. Um, since we're in the last segment of the show, um, sort of want to leave it open for you. Are there any things um, that you think the listeners should know anything that we haven't talked about right now, something that's sort of near and dear to you that you think is really important. I, I we, we'd love to hear it. Sure. So I appreciate that opportunity, Lou. And, you know, I just want to say, first of all, thank you for having me on. And, and I appreciate the work that you're doing to, to educate your listeners. I think it's an extremely valuable service. Uh, and so, uh, you know, please continue doing all that strong work. What I will say is that, you know, I wanted to shout out um, a, a lot of uh, my fellow physicians on the front lines. Um, yeah. Right now, they have had such an upheaval in terms of their ability to practice medicine. Uh, they have yeah. had to uh, accelerate their abilities to go to virtual care. And what I can tell you 
uh, right now, Lou, is that uh, these doctors aren't being paid, are not being paid for their work. And this is a yeah. huge, huge issue. And we need the government uh, to do the right thing here and make sure that the frontline workers, the ones that are putting their limb and life on the line here, uh, to be paid. And we can't wait in one or two months or three months for this to happen because by that time, we might not have another healthcare system for a, a post-COVID, a post-pandemic era. So we need the yeah. government to do the right thing here. So thank you for letting me uh, share that with your, with your listeners. Yeah, no problem. And, and I saw that there was an article um, that I believe um, the OMA was calling on the government to even do some type of an advance pay um, and not wait that long. And, and, I, and I absolutely agree with you. And I, and I also, um, with you focusing on, on physicians and myself as an allied healthcare professional, as a chiropractor, I echo that for all of the allied healthcare professionals, our, our regulatory bodies, the government needs to consider the, the limited ability that we have. Um, healthcare is not one person, as you are well aware. It's a group of people that come together that provide th this incredibly important service. And I think it, and I, and I really, really think that that point that you bring up is so important in so many different ways for physicians to get paid for all the great work that they do, um, but also for the government to consider um, the long-term health consequences in our ability to be so severely limited to practice right now. There are other things um, that are going to go wrong in healthcare, um, and and you and I spoke about some of those things on the podcast. Um, so I'll just let people go to that if they want to hear more about that. But I think we're both on the same page um, that that you know healthcare is very very essential, and this is sort of unprecedented in terms of how much all of us have been limited in our ability to practice and do things um, and, and really help people. And, and people are afraid to even go to hospitals, to, to clinics and all of those things, right. justifiably so. So there needs to be something in place that makes sure that people can still get the health care that they deserve in Ontario. Um, yeah, and, and sorry, go ahead before I, I say something. No, no, I, you, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head here, Lou. And, and you know, I, I just want to reiterate the fact that you, know, you, you and, and our allied health are, are the backbones uh, of this healthcare system. And we need this healthcare system to be robust. We need it to be yeah. there for people. And we need it to be there after this pandemic and also during it. For sure. Dr. Adam Kassam, I very, very much appreciate you being here, providing all the expertise. Uh, I thank you so much. I thank you for all the work that you're doing. Uh, my platforms, whether it's this show, um, the podcast is always open for you. If you have an important message, feel free to reach out to me uh, and, and we'll get you back on for sure. Thank you. Thanks, guys. That's uh, that's it for another show. We gotta we gotta get out of here. You want to reach out now? One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. And any time, go to the Lou Down, the new podcast on YouTube. We'll catch you next time on the Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.